greetings, beloved, in Jesus' name, amen. The psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord this day, and we are expecting to hear from God. And the Lord always have a right word for the right moment for each one of us, so that even when we are alive in this world, we may live in victory. Maybe just as an introduction to what I'm going to share with you about, which is in line with what we started last week. Have you ever noticed that of late, a lot of people are passing away? Seems like becoming very common that uh, we are losing people, some of them being close to us. Some of them may be even having been people who are making an impact in life. Some of them may be, you would even say they were pastors. They were people who still had a lot to offer. It just shows that in the time that we're living in, it's even more so needed now that they just must live by faith. Amen. Because the enemy is out to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And he will look for all the reasons to weaken you, to make you not get exposed to the word, not to be properly trained and thoroughly trained. You will have all the excuses why you can't go to church. And I think that's just a ploy of the enemy. Just so that then you are not well prepared when the enemy attacks. So let me just give you this example of what Jesus said. Jesus said, I will give you an illustration of two people. One who hears my word and does it, and the other one who does not do the word. Either he hears and doesn't do, or he doesn't hear at all, but he doesn't do the word, this one. This one he hears and does the word. Okay? You hear those two people. Then he says, when the winds, the storms, and troubles come, these two houses, they beat against both houses, isn't it? Do you know that when the winds and the storms come, they don't choose houses. When you see some houses being mowed down by the floods and the storms, it's not that the storm was just looking for that house. But in that village, you would still find some houses still standing. Okay? So Jesus says it's like that. He says when the storms and the winds come and blow against these houses, another house falls while another one remains standing. What is the difference? The foundation. Amen. So the problem is not with the winds or the troubles that we face in life. The problem is how grounded and rooted you are. Jesus has already said that. So if the enemy is trying to give you all the reasons not to be equipped and thoroughly trained, you need to know that he is weakening you. And he wants to have you as the next meal. Because the Bible says, be awake, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, what is he doing? He's roaming around and roaring like a lion, looking for someone to devour. Amen? He's looking. He wants to know whom he can get for the next meal. I don't know if he eats breakfast or lunch or supper, but he might call you a brunch. So you are both 
breakfast and lunch. So don't allow him to do that. The only way to be able to do that is we need to stand and stick with what God has said. So that's why I want us today to continue with what we started last week. Taking God at his word. So Romans 4, 18 and 19, the Passion Translation. I'll read that one and then we'll do Hebrews and then we'll connect with what we want to talk about today. Uh, Mr. MJ, you can get ready for some, but the first three verses, two verses I'll read myself. But if you've got the Passion, the third verse will also be in the Passion. So you can get ready with that one. Romans 4, 18 and 19 in the Passion Translation, it says, Against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. So he says, when it looked hopeless. So there was a situation this side which looked hopeless. And there was a promise this side of what God has said. What did Abraham do? He chose to believe the promise. Amen. And expected God to fulfill it. So it means even with the many things that we are hearing and what we are seeing, some of them are hopeless situations. Some of them are circumstances that look like there is no solution. But there is also a promise that God has given. What did God say about deadly diseases? In Psalms 91. He said he will protect us from deadly diseases. So when there is a deadly disease this side and doing everything and the situation looks even hopeless. And we are even told there is no more hope. Okay? The word this side says, I will protect you from deadly diseases. I am the Lord your healer. And therefore, when we take God at his word, we are choosing to believe what God has said more than what our circumstances are saying. So it says, he took God at his word. I'm encouraging all of you children of God to take God at his word. God knows how to fulfill his promises. And as a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. What was the declaration? Your descendants will be so many that they will be impossible to count. So God has made a declaration over Abraham and the wife, Sarai. But how many of you know that God has also made a declaration over me? And over you. Amen. He said... He will give his angels charge over you to protect you in all your ways. He said, is the Lord your healer? Amen. By the stripes of the Lord Jesus, we were healed. He said, he supplies all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So there is a declaration about me. Can you tell your neighbor, there is a declaration in the word of God about me. Amen. And so when there is a situation this side and there is the word this side, I'm choosing to stick with the word. So it says, in spite of being nearly 100 years old when the promise of having a son was made, his faith was so strong that it could not be undermined by the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. So there are many times when facts would want to undermine your faith. And people will tell you, you've got to be realistic. This is a fact. But the fact must not undermine my faith. The fact was Abraham and Sarai were barren during their childbearing age and they were now too old to conceive. So it's like I told you last time that it was double negatives. Because when they were still of a childbearing age, they were barren. Now they've passed that. So it's menopause time for Sarah. So it's more impossible than before, isn't it? 
Because if she's barren and she's still at a childbearing age, at least you're contending with just barrenness. But now she was barren and past the childbearing age. So you contend with barrenness and you contend with menopause. Amen? And yet God is able to do it. And look at how he did it. Hebrews 11, 11 AMPC. Look at Sarai. We only know mainly about Sarai laughing at the promise. But Sarai believed. And the Bible says, because of Sarah's faith, because of faith, also Sarah herself received physical power to conceive a child, even when she was past long the age for it. Okay? So she received power to conceive a child, even when she had passed long past the age for it, because she considered God to be reliable, trustworthy, and true to his word. So she was saying, this is my body. The fact is, I am barren or I was barren. The fact is, I have passed the childbearing age. But this is the word. The promise says, I will have many children. I will have children. So there is a declaration that God has made. He said, blessed shall be the fruit of our wombs. Okay? So he has already made a promise. And here is my circumstance. So she considered God to be reliable, trustworthy, and true to his word. So as we're starting today, I just want to take you maybe to say, as you are believing God, you will be challenged. Amen. So even when you are believing God, and sometimes it will look like things are getting worse. Have you realized that there are times sometimes when you are trusting God, and the more you believe, the more worse the things become. So it means the enemy wants to discourage you. The enemy realizes that if it could ever work, you will have a testimony and you will know how to stand. So it means he must bring things to discourage you. Can I give you an example? You remember Joseph. Joseph had a dream. You remember the story? Joseph had a dream and the dream was saying that his brethren will bow down to him. And you remember when he was sold to Egypt. If you were Joseph, you have a dream that your brothers will bow to you. Now, they want to kill you so that they can kill the dream. But then they decide to sell you to a far away place. You would have thought your dream is gone, isn't it? Yeah, because how will my brothers bow to me when I'm now in such a far away place? And when he arrived there, he was saving at Potiphar's house. And then he was accused of raping Potiphar's wife. And then he was taken to prison. It's getting from bad to worse, isn't it? Now when he goes to prison, how many of you know that God was working out something? But in Joseph's mind, you can't figure out how taken away from my country. Now I'm in Potiphar's house and now I'm taken to prison for something that I never did. But in prison, that's where he had to meet, to meet the butler and the baker. You see, God is working out something. So he meets the butler and the baker and he interprets their dreams and he says, the two of you, one will be killed, one will continue to serve Pharaoh again. But when you go out of here, please remember me before Pharaoh, because I'm here for something that I never did. So sometimes as people, we want people to remember and favor us, isn't it? To say, guys, I've interpreted the dreams for you. So remember me before Pharaoh. How many of you know that God does not forget you, even if people may forget you? And indeed, this guy, when he came out, did he remember? He forgot. 
And then two years later, when Pharaoh had a dream, and now they looked for anybody to interpret the dream, and there was nobody who could interpret the dream, then he remembered. There was a certain gentleman in prison. You know, Master, he was talking to, to, to Pharaoh. That time when uh, myself and my colleague, when you released us from jail and my colleague was killed and I had to be restored back, there is a gentleman who interpreted our dreams and he's still in jail. The Bible doesn't tell us for how long was Joseph sentenced. Okay? So I don't know, was he sentenced for 10 years or life imprisonment? I don't know. But now if you were Joseph... Even that guy who interpreted his dream he has forgotten about you and he has accounting on. You would have think, thought things are getting worse. How many of you know that that was a plan? Things are in a plan. So tell your neighbor, even when it looks worse, it's still in the plan. Because all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his promise. Amen. So, when he was there, then now he was called, they called him out and he interpreted the dream. When he finishes interpreting the dream, Pharaoh says, there's nobody who can actually do this for us than you. So now from today, you are the highest ranking official in Egypt. You may be a foreigner, but you're going to rule Egypt. Everybody must be subjected to you. But do you know when God, last week, the other week I was telling you that God is a strategist. It's like playing chess. Okay? Do you know that there had to be fair mind before that so that even people in his land, his brothers, would be hungry so that they can come to Egypt because only in Egypt there was food. Because the seven years of plenty which was already a uh, uh, talked about by Joseph in interpreting, then they stored something. So only Egypt at that time had food. So you see God is working out something. Now when the brothers are hungry in their land, they had to go to Egypt to get the food. And guess who they got in charge when they were bowing there and they were afraid. And when he was saying, you guys cheated me. You remember the first time he gave them something and then he put some things back and then they went, he said bring them back and when they brought things back, said, oh, there is something in this boy's, uh, this boy stole something. And he took him, he kept him, he wanted to keep. And then, when, after he has treated them a lot, and they were really saying, oh, sorry, our master, what were they doing? Bowing. Okay? And then later, he, he also cried and revealed himself. But, I'm just showing you this story to say to you, even when your dream looks to be getting dashed, God is still in control. Keep on holding to the promise. Count him to be reliable, the one who made a promise. So, what I want us to focus on mainly today is that in our walk with God, we will be challenged. And also, do you know that the enemy is hunting us? The enemy wants to kill us. How many of you know that if you are believing God for a job and you don't get a job, you don't die? If you are believing God for a child and you don't get a child, you don't die. If you are believing God for promotion at work and you don't get a promotion at work, you don't die. So you can still have option B. But when it comes when the enemy wants to kill you, how many of you know that there is no option B? 
he will get you. Because if he can't kill you through sickness, he can kill you through the accident. If he can't kill you through the accident, he will kill you through the gun. So he's got many avenues. So if you try now to go for this option to protect yourself, the enemy can still as well use another one. So I want to show you this from the word of God because the thing that is keeping us alive now is not about how smart we are. It's not about how, uh, how good you drive. We call it defensive driving. That driving where you can... Huh? Is it called? Advanced driving. So now let's say you learn that one and now there, are tra- there is a truck coming to you head on and behind you on the other side there is another truck and on this side... It's, 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 bri- it's a bridge. You, are, you see, the devil sometimes he puts you in a corner where you find this side, there are those, uh, you know, like when you're going, when you pass Pal, when you pass Pal, there's a certain road there where it's a long bridge, very high, and on the side, it's, it's, it's those uh, walls. Okay? So now, if another truck just loses uh, brake from the other side and it's coming, and this other side, there is another truck and that. This side is the walls. What do you do? You don't have, your defensive skills don't work. Isn't it? So it means you will always be caught if you rely on natural means. Rather, rely on God. So let me show you this one. This one blesses my heart because this is what I do. Can we go together to the book of Second Corinthians chapter 4? So Mr. MJ, do you have the TLB? The living. Living Bible TLB. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We will read verse 10 and verse 11 and verse 13. Because today I want to show you that we need to hold on to the word of God and take God at his word. Even when you are threatened to be killed, know that God will defend you. Amen? Yes. It doesn't matter what the enemy wants to use. Whether he wants to use an accident, whether he wants to use disease, whether he wants to use anything that he can use, stand your ground. Say, but my God said he will protect me. He will defend me. So I will even give you an example of somebody who was threatened to die, who was going to be killed. You remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They were threatened. They were going to be killed with fire. Do you think if they had relatives, don't you think their relatives would have said, we don't want to lose him. You know that Shadr, you know that King Nebuchadnezzar is going, he's, he's serious. He's going to kill you. Please, just bow. What, what's wrong with just bowing? God knows what's in your heart. Don't you think they probably said that? It's not there in scriptures, but I'm just thinking because when you are in trouble, a lot of people will come with a lot of advices. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I think they knew Isaiah 43 verse 2. When you go through the fire, it will not burn you. So they said, you're telling us what Nebuchadnezzar can do, but you are not telling us what God can do. Our God is able to deliver us and he will deliver us from your hands, okay? Amen? And God delivered them. But look at this one. 2 Corinthians 4, 10 and 11 and then verse 13 TLB, Living Translation. These bodies of ours are yeah. constantly... So when it's saying that we should, if you don't have the TLB, you listen to Mr. MJ and then say, these bodies of ours... So, read for as you go, we will follow you. These bodies of ours, these are, bodies of ours, are constantly facing death. Are constantly facing death. Just That's, as, 
Jesus did. Just as Jesus did. So it means these bodies of ours are constantly facing death. Just as Jesus did. Now what will keep us alive? So it is clear. Yeah. It is clear. Let's all say it is clear. Mm. To all. To all. That it is only the living Christ. That it is only the living Christ. Within. Within. Who keeps us safe. Amen. I like that. I like that. It says my body is constantly facing death. The enemy may want to kill me through this mode, that mode, that mode, that mode. I'm constantly threatened. It is clear that it is only Christ in me who keeps me safe. I like that one. Amen. So continue. So it's not your advanced driving skills. Because how many of you know that when you go to rural areas, I'm not sure if the wizards and witches are only in rural areas, but I'm guessing. Are they also in town? Are they also in town? Are they also getting advanced? (laughs) Okay, I thought they were still in the third world. So, and I thought they were only in rural areas. So, when you go there, does it mind your driving skills if they want to bewitch you? If you've got a gun, do you shoot those wizards when they come at night and you are sleeping? You are defenseless. So, if you depend on natural means, the enemy will still catch you. So you can as well trust in God. So he says it is only the living Christ within who keeps us safe. That's why I can say I can go to the rural area. You know, I used to be very much afraid. You go there and you are sleeping and you just eat at the back of the house all the time. And we grew up, you would be afraid because they would say if you speak something, your voice would go. (laughs) And But now when I know the Lord, hey, I wish they can come again. Because now I've got something. I've got the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. And I can call on that name and every knee should bow to the name of Jesus. So he says, it is clear that it is only the living Christ within us who keep us safe. Uh Yes. We live under the constant danger to our lives Mm. because we serve the Lord. Mm. But this gives us an uh, uh, but this gives us constant opportunities Mm. to show forth the power of Jesus Christ within our dying bodies. So he says when we are threatened, when our lives are in danger, it gives us an opportunity to show forth the power of God within our bodies. So, in other words, when I'm getting attacked, that's an opportunity. To show forth the power of God within my body. I want you to get that. Okay, verse 13. We boldly say what we believe. Mm. Trusting God to care for us. Mm. Just as the psalm writer did when he said, I believe and therefore I speak. Amen. So that's why we boldly say what we believe. Sometimes you guys may think, hey, pastor, it seems you are overconfident can't say such things in the pulpit. But I didn't write those things. I'm showing them in your Bibles. That's why sometimes I ask you to read. Amen. So that you don't say the pastor wrote it. Amen. So it's in your Bibles. And therefore, I boldly speak what I believe. 
I'm encouraging you children of God. Be bold to speak what you believe. He says, I believe and therefore I speak. Instead of speaking your circumstances and things that threaten you, speak the way. And the challenges will always come. By the way, how many of you know that challenges come even if you love God? You may be a very good Christian, faithful Christian, loving the Lord with all your heart. The enemy is still looking for you too. I'm going to give you an example today. We're going to learn about the life of Hezekiah. Can we go together to the book of 2 Kings? This one we'll do it in the AMPC, Amplified Classic. We'll go through that story. I want to show you something here that will encourage you as it has encouraged me. So it means even when we are threatened to die, we hold on to the word and we see God delivering us. Okay? We saw it with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I want to show you here in the life of Hezekiah. 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 5 to 7. We'll start 5 to 7. I will read many verses in chapter 18 and in chapter 19. But I want you to follow me in this story. Hezekiah loved God. He trusted in God, but he was still challenged. His faith was tested. Just like you will be tested. So you loving God and relying on God doesn't exempt you from being tried. Okay? So I want us to look at this and look at Hezekiah. 2 Kings 18, 5 to 7. Mm-hmm. Leaned on mm-hmm. and was confident in the Lord. Oh, Hezekiah leaned in, uh, trusted in, leaned on. When you lean on something, you do like this. And it better keeps you. Mm. Because if it doesn't, you fall. Mm. You are the pillar that does my life. So it means I'm relying on you. Mm. If you look at this building that we are in now, it's relying on some pillars to keep it like this. So it says he trusted in, leaned on, and was confident in the Lord, the God of Israel. Continue. So that neither after him nor before him was any one of all the kings of Judah like him. Mm. For he clung and held fast to the Lord and ceased not to follow him. He clung and held fast to the Lord and ceased not to follow him. Can you take that resolution for yourself? Say, I've made a resolve. I will cling and hold forth and hold on to the Lord and I'm choosing to follow him. With every fiber of my being. Continue. But he kept his commandments as mm. the Lord commanded Moses. Yeah. And the Lord was with Hezekiah. Mm. He prospered wherever he went. I like that. So the Lord was with Hezekiah. He prospered wherever he went. So he's getting more bold now because he's trusting in the Lord. Look at what he does. And he rebelled against the king of Assyria and refused to serve him. Yeah. So this is what happened. During that time when this thing is talking about Hezekiah, the king of Assyria had uh, besieged and had captured so many countries, including the land of Judah, where King Hezekiah was the king. Okay? Now, they were supposed to be serving the king of Assyria. So he decided, "Uh uh-uh, I'm trusting God now. The enemy cannot keep us under bondage. But I want you to see what will the enemy do 
when you want to stand your ground. Even when you rely on God, even when you lean on God, even when you are confident in him. Look at chapter that uh, chapter 18, verse 19 and 20. So what happened is that when he decided that then King Sennacherib, king of Syria, by the way, I'm giving you a story for free. This is better than a newspaper story. Okay? Because the newspaper stories, they will be showing you how you are next with all the troubles that are coming in the world. But I want to show you how God can help you and deliver you. So rather, incline your ears unto stories like this. Did I say you mustn't read the newspapers? Uh-uh. I'm just telling you which story is better. Amen. If you've got time for both, do both. Okay? But if you don't have time, do what will save you. Amen. So, this is the story. So then the king Sennacherib, king of Syria, he sent armies to come now and fight with King Hezekiah. So he sent the leaders of those armies, they were, it was Tatan, the Rapsharis, and the Rapsake. And those people now were coming to threaten them. And now look when they are threatening them. Start from verse 19 and 20, Amplified Classic. The Rapsacheth told them, Say to Hezekiah, Thus says the great king of Assyria. So, the Rapsacheth knew more about his king. He says, Thus says the great king of Assyria. Usually we should hear, Thus saith the Lord, isn't it? <laughs> but now you are hearing, Thus saith the great king of Assyria. What is the king saying? What justifies this confidence of yours? Yo. Haven't you been questioned like that sometimes? Why, why, why are you so confident in this God of yours? What justifies this confidence of yours? Mm -hmm. You say, but there are empty words. There is counsel and strength for war. Now, on whom do you rely mm. that you rebel against me? In other words, what are you trusting in? Why do you behave like this? What what are you? That's what we are threatened with sometimes, isn't it? They will even tell you, do you think a hallelujah can buy a car? Okay. So what are you, what justifies this confidence of yours? On whom do you rely? What was he relying on? On God. Isn't it? But now, they said that, and after they said that to, 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 they were talking to the people there to say, don't let Hezekiah deceive you. So they were threatening the people there so that they must all be afraid and follow the king of Syria. They started even cursing them. I won't read those verses of cursing them. You must read them in your Bible. They talked something that they will eat and drink, which I won't mention here. You must read it in your Bible. That's homework. Some verses before the verse 28. I will skip those. And go to verse 28 so that then you will read those. To an extent that then the, the leaders of the armies of Israel, they were saying, don't speak, don't speak in, in, in our language, in, in Hebrew. We hear your language. Speak in your language. Because they didn't want all the people to hear, isn't it? We can hear you. Uh-uh. The rabbis are say, uh-uh. We want those people to hear. We will speak in your language so that all your people can hear. And now verse 28 to 30. Then the Rapshaketh stood and cried with a loud voice in the Jews' in language. In the Jews' language. 
You see, the Bible, oh, by the way, those of you who do books, you say the book has got a plot. Is it a plot or a theme? What is that thing where things flow? So it says, he spoke to them in the Jews' language. So making sure everybody hears. Mm -hmm. Hear the word of the great king of Assyria. We usually hear the word, hear the word of the Lord, isn't it? Mm. So, but they are saying, hear the word of the great king of Assyria. So mm. even your threats, what the enemy wants to threaten you with, he wants you to hear the words of that. Either those words are spoken by people, or you are on your own midnight, you can't sleep because some words are being spoken to you. It's six months now that you are behind with your payment. They are going to repossess all these things. Now you are hearing this another word, isn't it? But God has also said something. So that word is definitely not from the Lord. You are there alone. No, you know, these things are getting worse now. You thought you were believing God. You see, you can believe God, but when things are getting worse like this. So those are words. Okay? So listen to this. Continue. Thus says the king. Mm. Let not Hezekiah deceive you. <laughs> okay. So they are saying, don't let the pastor deceive you. <laughs> let not Hezekiah deceive, deceive you. Mm. As if Hezekiah wrote the Bible. <laughs> so even the, the, the pastor is not telling you, he's, he's telling you what your master has said. So it says, let not Hezekiah deceive you. Mm -hmm. For he will not be able to he will not be able to deliver you out of my hand. Okay. So the enemy wants you to believe him more than you believe God. Tell your neighbor, the enemy wants you to believe him more than you believe God. Okay. Continue. Now let Hezekiah make you trust in and rely on the Lord oh. saying. Guys, is it fair for somebody to say, <laughs> don't let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord and rely on him. Mm. That sounds like devilish. Huh? How can you tell me, don't let them make you rely and trust in God? What must I trust in? Because the things, the other things, I know that it's only Christ who keeps me safe. Amen. 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 So he says, don't let him deceive you or make you trust in the Lord. Uh -huh. Saying, the Lord will surely deliver us. And this city will not be given into the hand of King of Asaria's king. Okay. You hear what's happening? So the enemy is keeping on threatening and intimidating. That's what happens even in our own lives. When you are believing God, the enemy will also keep on speaking. But when the enemy speaks, you need to also listen to what God is saying. So go to chapter, six, chapter 19. We'll read verse 1 to verse 6. We continue with that story. I'm just summarizing the story for you and you will capture what was going through the mind of Hezekiah. You know Hezekiah, we know Hezekiah for believing God, isn't it? You remember the 15 years. By the way, when Hezekiah was told he was going to die, it was not the devil who was going to, to kill him or anything like that. His time was just finished. And Isaiah came to him and said, put your house in order for you are going to die. Thus says the Lord, you are going to die. But what did Hezekiah do? He turned around, started negotiating with God and said, I don't think I need to go now. I'm not sure what he thought, but you know, if it were me, what I would have thought or what I think. I think, Lord, I'm going to spend eternity with you. So why do we need to rush? There's too much time we'll be together. 
So there is no need for me to quickly jump there. I can still finish some things here and I'll still come and we still have more than enough time together. Isn't it? How many of you know that eternity is without ending? Okay? So until the Lord said, okay, we'll add 15 years to your life. And as a guy thought, okay, that's fine. I can live 15 more years. Amen? So I'm just showing you that when you are trusting and relying in God, he will prove himself faithful to you. So this is now what happened. Go to that chapter 16. Because the enemy, <laughs> the enemy is persistent. Can you tell your neighbor the enemy is persistent? Sometimes you find you are believing God. Let's say you've got a headache. And then you say, in the name of Jesus, I'm healed. I believe I'm healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. Headache, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And how many of you know that sometimes the headache gets worse? Yeah, sometimes it gets worse. As if now you have added the problem. It's because the enemy realizes if it works, you're going to have a testimony. Next time I won't have anything to say. So I've got to do everything to discourage you from believing. And listen to this. When so they, they went now and threatened him and they even sent words now to Hezekiah. Go to yeah, chapter six, chapter 19 verse 1 to 6. When King Hezekiah had it, mm. he rent his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth mm. and went into the house of the Lord. I like this. Do you know that when things are troublesome and when you are threatened, where must you go? To the house of the Lord. Lord, some of you, when things are troublesome and you are under threat, you run away from the Lord. That's the best way to be killed. Okay? Because here it says, when he had it, he rent his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and went to the house of the Lord. I know what they are telling me, but I want to hear what God is saying about my situation. I want to hear from God. I don't want to focus all my attention on the threats of the enemy. Continue reading. And he sent Eliakim, who was over his household, Shebna the scribe, and the older priest covered with sackcloth, to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos. They said to him, Hezekiah says, this is a day of extreme danger and distress. So it's like Hezekiah looked at the things and then he's telling you what was the trouble there. Extreme Danger and distress. distress. There's a potential for us to be killed. Mm. There's a potential for us, for things, in other words, th things are serious. Mm -hmm. Of rebuke and chastisement, mm. and blasphemous and insolent insult. Mm. For children have come to their birth, mm. and there is no strength to bring them forth. Mm. It may be that the Lord your, go your God will hear all the words of the rapture Rabshaketh, whom the king of Assyria has sent to mock, reproach, insult, and defy the living God. I want you to look at this. Repeat those words. So, what was Rabshakeh sent to do? To, to mock, mock reproach, to reproach, to insult, insult and, and defy, defy who? The living God. And defy who? The living God. The living God. So, when the enemy is coming against you, he is defying your God. Mm. Amen. Mm. Because the Rabshake thought the king of Syria was just coming to Hezekiah. But they were saying, what are you trusting on? 
Who is the God that can deliver you? Like Nebuchadnezzar. You remember when Nebuchadnezzar said, who is that God that can deliver you from my hands? So therefore, even here it says, he has come to mock, to reproach, to insult, and to defy the living God. Is that not what happened also with uh, Goliath? He was now coming to defy the armies of the living God. And David says, you come against me with a spear, a javelin, and a sword. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. So you have the name of Jesus. We have the name of Jesus. When the enemy is coming against us with so many weapons that he can use to destroy us, we have one weapon. And that weapon is called the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Because with all these things threatening us, the only thing that keeps us alive is the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. And the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run unto it and they are safe. A thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand on the other side, but it will not come near me. Amen. Because I want to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. So continue to read. So it says, they were coming to mock, to reproach, to insult, and to defy the living God. Do you think God will allow people, situations to defy him and just leaves it like that? He will defend himself. Continue reading. And will rebuke the words which the Lord your God has heard. So raise your prayer for the remnant of his people that is left. Okay, so pray. When you think that the enemy is keeping on threatening, go to the house of the Lord and keep on praying. Mm -hmm. So the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah. Mm. Isaiah said to them, Say to your master, Thus says the Lord. I like that. Before mm. we heard, Thus says who? Thus says the king of Syria. Now we are hearing, Thus says the, the Lord. Lord. Mm. Let's hear what the Lord says. Do not be afraid because of the words you have heard. Hmm. With which the servants of the king of Assyria has, have reviled and blasphemed me. Yo. He says, don't be afraid of those words you've heard. So you are hearing all those other words. Don't be afraid of them. Thus says the Lord. The enemy says, thus says the king. But now the Lord says, thus says the Lord. So which word do you take? And as you keep on believing, so Hezekiah stood firm and he continued believing. Now you know what they did. The king then even sent a letter. Okay? A letter to make things very clear. Do you know that sometimes, let's take it that you are in debt. And you are six months behind. And then the enemy is saying to you, 12 midnight, they are going to repossess that. They will do this. And when you are still thinking about that, the next day you see a letter in the post and you, you are very careful which letters you, you open. You look at this one, this one, hey, this one looks different. This one looks different. Seems like a lawyer's letter. So things are getting worse. Or it looks like the negative medical report. Okay? Beside all the things I've heard, now something is written in the letter to say you are going to die. Things are not working here. So listen to this. There was a letter. Go to 14 to 20 amplified. So they write the letter. <laughs> and look at what he does with the letter. And I want you to also do the same thing with the letters that come. 
whether it's letters from the lawyers or letters from every report that is against you, deal with them the same way. So Hezekiah, how do you deal with letters? Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messenger and hmm. read it. Hmm. And he went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. <laughs> okay. Hmm. You see what he was doing? He gets the letter with the threats. He reads it, he realizes, uh-uh. I need to go to the house of the Lord. I need to go to prayer. The, what do they say in Shangan, uh, uh, Mr. MJ, when they say the strength of the crocodile is in the river? Listen to this. And Hezekiah no. prayed. What do they say in Shangan? Oh, sorry. When they say the strength of the crocodile is in the river. Amen. So, I'm talking to all the Ngwenyas here. Your strength is in prayer and the way. When you are threatened, get to your water. Amen? Because this is what Hezekiah was doing. He, he gets the threat. He knows where his strength is. He goes to the house of the Lord and he starts praying. Now he even takes that threat. He lays it before the Lord. Continue. And Hezekiah prayed. Oh, Hezekiah knew, man. For him, he goes to the house of the Lord, he prays. Because he was relying on the Lord, his God. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord, the God of Israel, mm. who is in symbol, is enthroned about the cherubim of the ark in the temple. Mm. You are the God. Mm. You alone. Mm. Of all the kingdoms of the earth. Guys, he hasn't started telling us what is the problem. Mm. <laughs> what is he doing? He's worshipping God. He's exalting God. So when he says, you alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. So in other words, he's saying, there's nobody to compare with you. Even the things that I'm going to share with you now, they are minute compared to your power. Continue. You have made the heavens and the earth. Oh. Is it your God who made the heavens and the earth? Yes. Is he the one who created the universe and everything? Yep. Then you can show the deal with your few problems. That's how. You see what Hezekiah, when you go in praise and worship, when you worship God, you do two things. Firstly, you put God at his rightful place in your life. But you also tune your mind to understand who God is. Okay? You created the heavens and the earth. So obviously if you created the heavens and the earth, who is this Senekarim? Who is this the Rabshake? Continue. Lord, bow down your ear and hear. Mm. Lord, open your eyes and see. Mm. Hear the words of the Senekarim which he has sent to mock, reproach, insult, and defy the living God. You see, he says, Lord, listen to what Senekarim is saying. Look at what he is doing. He is sent to mock, to reproach, to insult, and to defy the living God. So this is your battle, Lord. They are fighting against you. You remember when Saul, who used to be called, Paul, who used to be called Saul, when he was still Saul, you remember when he was persecuting the Christians? The Lord says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? When the Lord was in essence just persecuting Christians. So when the enemy comes against you, he's actually challenging your God. 
So here it says, he has come to mock, to reproach, to insult, and to defy the living God. Mm-hmm. It is true, Lord, mm. that the Assyrian kings have laid waste the nations and their lands mm. and have cast the gods of those peoples into, into fire. Mm. For they were not gods, but the works of men's hands, wood and stone. I want you to look at this. So he's, he's, he's coming with a case here. He says, it's true that the king of Assyria has destroyed so many nations and their gods. Okay? So it's almost like you say, it is true that this sickness is killing so many people all over the world. That's a fact. Isn't it? He says, they have destroyed them, but those gods were, what were those gods? The works of men's hands. Okay. All the other the works of men, but you are mine. Just tell us that one. All the other They are the works of men. You are most high. Amen. So all these other gods, they are the works of men. So that's what Hezekiah is saying. Hezekiah is saying, they might have defeated them because they were trusting in the works of men. But you are God and you cannot be defeated. Continue. Now, now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech you, save us out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know and understand that you, O Lord, are God alone. He says, save us, O Lord, that the whole world may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. That is what I'm believing in. I'm believing that what God has said, he's able to do. That's why for me, even when it's COVID time and they say somebody needs to be buried and the pastor must come and bury, I can't run away from COVID. You say, we can't bury because there's COVID. Because my God should defend me. My God should protect me. So it means the things that we are teaching you, it must be practical in times like we are living in now. Okay? Because if we are afraid of the enemy, then what is the issue about this word? Then it's just psychology. Amen? So we want it to be a living word that we can trust in God and God will defend his word. God will be true, prove himself faithful and true to his word. And that's what Ezekiel is saying. He's saying, so that all the nations may know that you alone are God. Okay? <laughs> Read then verse 20. You see, God, when you tell God, Lord, we want everybody to know that you are God. God likes it when people want to know that he is God. Mm-hmm. Then Isaiah, son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. Yeah. Your prayer to me about Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. Hmm. Guys, do you feel like going to pray? Amen. So with all those threats, everything that the king was saying, everything that the Rabshake was saying, and the Lord says something, and you go and pray, and then thus says the Lord, your prayer has been heard. 
And when he hears the prayer, when he says he has heard your prayer, he doesn't even say, uh, how many soldiers do you have, uh, Hezekiah? He just hears the prayer and he says, I will deliver you. And last week I showed you how sometimes when God does things, it's like there's a bit of show. Can I show you another show in this one? Look at the show. Let's continue from verse 32 to verse 37. You will see the show now. This is the kind of God that I serve. Amen. And when you see that I'm sold out to him, it's because people who trusted in him, he always showed himself faithful to them. He always defended them. He always protected his brand, his name. Look at what he does. Verse 32 to verse 37, AMPC. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, mm. he shall not come into this city. <laughs> okay, now the Lord is saying as if now he's here. He says, it says, now thus says the Lord, what did the king of Assyria said? He said he would come here, he would shoot them, he would kill them, he would do all the things like the enemy usually would say to you. Okay? Mm. Now thus says the Lord, he shall not come. So let me read this one because I want to say how the Lord said it. <laughs> okay. He shall not come into this city or shoot an arrow here or come before it with a shield or cast up a siege against it. By the way that he came, by that way he shall return. And he shall not come into this city, says the Lord. Amen. You see what the Lord is saying? For I will defend. Okay, so that they don't think it's me. Mr. MJ, read it. I think you read verse, verse 34. It's still the Lord speaking. So you speak like the Lord. And then verse 35 we will read. For I will defend this city to save it. For my own sake and for my, for my servant David's sake. You see, so the Lord says, I have to defend this city. I have to save it for my own sake. In other words, my brand and my reputation is at stake here. You get that? That's what he's saying. He says, I have to defend this city for my own sake. For the sake of my name, I've got to defend them. And even for my servant, David's sake. So some of the things the Lord is defending you, even for my sake as your pastor. Do you know that if he kills any of you, it hurts me? Amen. So he has got to do it for his name's sake that he has given the promise, but also for my sake as, as, as his servant. Amen. So he says, I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Okay, look at how God does it. Which is again, it's like if you thought that the fire which couldn't burn Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you thought that was a show, Listen to this. And it all came to pass, for that night the angel of the Lord went forth and okay. slew. How, how many angels? One. One. Okay. What mm. did the angel of the Lord do? Slew 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. <laughs> That's your God. One angel that night. That's why he didn't even ask them about how many soldiers they had. He just says, I will do it. I will defend my city. Amen? Amen. So the angel of the Lord 
that night went out and slew 185,000. Not, not 185 people. 185,000 soldiers. So in other words, King Sennacherib, you came here thinking you are going to kill anybody. It's your people that are going to die. Amen? By the way, can I just give you this one? This is just a bit of detail. We are, we are winding down. They say there was this man called John G. Lake. Okay? That's why we keep on referring to John G. Lake. I want us also to do it now with this corona and all these things. Because during the time of John G. Lake, there was this bubonic plague in Africa. One of the, most of these viral diseases, some of them are very contagious. Like if they tell you about Congo fever and things like that. Now, John G. Lake, he was so much walking in the power of God and he knew that it is the Christ in him that was keeping him alive. So he came, he was assisting people. So people who were dead with that plague, he was helping them to bury those people. And when he was touching people with bare hands, they said, that's very dangerous. Missionaries said, it's very dangerous. You are going to die. Because if that virus ever touches you, you are dead. Okay? And John G. Lake, they say John G. Lake said, uh-uh, not that way. If a virus touches me, it dies. In other words, they thought if the virus touches you, you die. He says, uh-uh. If the virus touches me, it dies. Then they say what they did is that they took the fluid from the people who had uh, that kind of a viral disease, which was very lethal. They put it on his hand. He said, put it in my hand. They took a microscope. And they looked there. Then they could see the disease germs burning and dying in his hand. Amen. So it means that power of God that is available in our bodies should be lethal even to the works of the enemy. Instead of the works of the enemy being lethal to my body, the Bible said it is obvious that in my body it is the power of Christ that is keeping me safe and alive. So even here, 185,000 just with one angel. God doesn't have a problem. Do you know that even the time when... Uh, Daniel was in the lion's den. Do you know it was just an angel? One. The Lord sent his angel and closed the mouths of lions. I don't know how one angel closed the mouths of lions. But he closed them. And that's your God. Okay? Continue. Let's finish this one. And when the living arose early in the morning, behold, all these were dead bodies. Mm. So Sennacherib, king of Azaria, departed and returned and dwelt at Nineveh. <laughs> okay. Why didn't he just de de uh, depart before losing so many soldiers? You see, now he's returning. He was told the way that he came, he's going to return. Mm. They will come against you one way, they will run away in seven ways. Mm. So here it says the way that he came, he's going to go back. That way. Now he's going back. But he's going back after losing so many soldiers. Continue. And as he was worshipping in the house of Nisroch, his god, Adramelech and Shareza, his sons, killed him with the sword. Who was supposed to have died between Sennacherib and Hezekiah? Hezekiah. Hezekiah and his people, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But now who is dying? Those Syrian soldiers and their king. 
That says the key. <laughs> I think it's just that these guys were not mocking them. They were supposed to say, that says the key. <laughs> now he's killed. And they escaped to the land of Aramathia and Asar Hadron, his son, reigned in his stead. So at the end, who was victorious? Hezekiah. It pays to rely on God. Tell your neighbor it pays to rely on God. Take God at his word. Amen. We can pack it here. You are encouraged, isn't it? So you know that even when you are threatened, don't allow those threaten those threats to silence you. Keep on going. Keep on going. You need to look at people like Hezekiah and see how they persevered. Even when it was a real threat, the threat was real. They could have been killed. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could have been killed. But they trusted in their God and God defended them. So I'm just encouraging you, children of God, be encouraged. The Lord loves you. The Lord wants to use us in this day. So you heard me talking about John G. Lake. But John G. Lake is not here. Paul is not here. Peter is not here. So God needs you and I at this moment. It is our time. Amen. And we are ready to be sent wherever the Lord wants us to go. And demonstrate his power. And deliver his people. You can stand up and thank God for the word that we've had. And at the same time, you just pray for your tithes or your offering, your gift that you're going to give to the Lord. So after the prayer, then we'll bring your gifts to the fore. Because uh, the Bible says, we must seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to us. So as much as you are hearing us talking about a lot of things, about how God will protect you, about when you have a need, trust God for this, trust God for that. But our attention is on God himself. We seek first to him and his righteousness. And all the other things get added to us. So we know that even when we give our tithes, our offerings, and our building fund contributions, we are doing that as we seek first his kingdom. And he will multiply our seed soul. So let's thank God for the word that we've had, and also pray for our tithes and offerings. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We bless you. Honor you, mighty Father, with the word. Thank you, my Father, for the power that is in you. Thank you, Father, that you have